0: Lift it up.
1: Not that of a maestro More like that lizard from Geico When I lick, 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 you go psycho Downtown I'm more famous than Michael My game, I gave it to Tyco Gene Simmons up my time, whoa Got oh, mind control, dime control Up to your spine and back down to your toes Melt you look mama like I Mo What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames. Got a few things to chat about today, including in entertainment news, looks like Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler are calling it quits after 10 years of marriage. We'll talk a little bit about that. In sports, Mark Hunt is in the midst of another lawsuit against the UFC and goes off on Dana White. In video game news, looks like 2K has announced a new WWE game but it's not exactly what you think talk a little bit about that and I have special guest today Karen Lowe up and coming EDM artist who I get to chat with a little bit about how she got started in the industry and where she's going from here but first here is Mikasi and Gregor Cruz featuring Tima D Manos and Me right here on the Sander Effect
0: Time, double diamante and lime. Nunca olvidar ese día. Oh, Whole years passed us by, and I wanna relive that night.
1: Mikasi and Gregor Cruz featuring Tima D's Manos and Me right here on the Xander Effect. In entertainment news, Kristen Cavallari and former Chicago Bears and Miami Dolphins QB Jay Cutler have said goodbye to a 10-year marriage. Kristen Cavallari went on uh, social media and said, quote, With great sadness after 10 years together, we have come to a loving conclusion to get a divorce. We have nothing but love and respect for one another and are deeply grateful for the years shared, memories made, and the children we are so proud of. This is just the situation of two people growing apart. We ask everyone to respect our privacy as we navigate this difficult time within our family. Well... Uh, it would seem that the love and respect for one another is <laughs> something that I guess you could leave to uh, define yourselves. Because according to uh, docs that TMZ have obtained, it seems that Kristen has filed and said and and pretty much alleges misconduct uh, is and she accuses Jay of, of being guilty of such inappropriate marital conduct as renders further cohabitation unsafe and in. Proper. Um, And, you know, it it just, it's going back and forth actually, because. Uh, You know, basically, Kristen insinuates that Jay accused her of misconduct. Uh, And they're basically saying that any misconduct alleged or implied against her in the complaint for divorce was in response to and or as a result of misconduct on behalf of the husband. Basically, it's they're both they're both accusing each other of misconduct here. So what that misconduct is exactly, we're not really sure. Uh, They're being tight lipped about that. And uh, they're also claiming um, irreconcilable differences. And the the dog... Basically, it's very puzzling to, to many people because they were in quarantine together in the Bahamas uh, when everything went on lockdown because they couldn't get a flight back to the States until just recently. So all of this that happened, happened while they were in quarantine. So, I mean, for, for, all, for all we know, something must have happened. They must have gotten into a huge blowout with one another and things must have been said. Secrets or maybe extramarital affairs must have been must have been confessed. So many things could have happened during this time that they were in quarantine together that they just decided to just call it quits as soon as they got back to stateside, and that's exactly what's going on. So there you have it, folks. Kristen Cavallari, Jay Cutler, they're all done for. They're all done with their marriage. And other entertainment news: upcoming Star Wars movies and TVs, uh, Rise of Skywalker, The Mandalorian season two, and. A whole lot more is going to be coming out out of Lucas, out of uh, Lucas uh, Films, according to uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who basically went on E.T. and said, now we're really starting, now we're really starting to put pen to paper and figure out where we're headed beyond this. I think the Mandalorian is certainly an indication of some of the ideas that are percolating. We'll see. We're having fun thinking about the future. Now, there was a lot of different types of uh, speculation as to whether or not there might be uh, some sort of uh, Kenobi movie for the Disney Plus app. Uh, Because so far, The Mandalorian, there was rumors saying that The Mandalorian was actually supposed to be a movie. And they decided to change that idea and make it into a television series instead, which has been very successful. The Mandalorian, I mean, I've watched it start to finish, and the season's just amazing. I mean it has a little bit of a slow start but it gets really deep into the storyline and I really enjoyed it it was an amazing series to watch and I'm actually looking forward to season 2 because <laughs> it left us with a little bit of a cliffhanger in season 1 so looking forward to that but yeah there was a lot there was rumors uh, a couple of years ago actually before the Disney app started about a Kenobi movie uh, starring Aaron M- Ewan McGregor, which basically follows uh, Obi-Wan after he goes into self-isolation, after he uh, goes into self-exile, and follows him through those years of exile. What happened to him uh, shortly after the Clone Wars? What happened to him during the time that uh, that you know his old apprentice became Darth Vader and decided to pretty much take over the galaxy? So many questions were asked during that time, and they were about to do something like that. Even Ian McGregor kind of hinted at it, but nothing was ever done. So, here's hoping that they finally decide to come through and actually do a Kenobi movie because that movie, that or a Kenobi TV show, because that's going to be pretty cool. Obviously, Marvel is also expanding on their side as well. They're a part of Disney too, so they're expanding on their side, their series. They have a bunch of uh, shows coming out for the Disney Plus app. So, you know, it looks like, Disney, uh, looks like Lucas might actually be trying to Follow suit as well So we'll see what happens In the near future In other entertainment news The very popular Docu-series on ESPN uh, Called The Last Dance Which basically showcases Michael Jordan's Final season With the Chicago Bulls Uh, This week It talked about Dennis Rodman And his antics that pretty much like had Jordan always having to practically babysit Dennis Rodman. Uh, They recall a time where Dennis Rodman basically went to Vegas, uh, told uh, then coach Phil Jackson that he needed some time off, went to Vegas with uh, his then girlfriend, Carmen Electra. And it's a very interesting story because Carmen went on, uh, they interviewed her and she went on to talk about how Basically, uh, being Dennis Rodman's girlfriend was an occupational hazard uh, because Rodman has always been a wild, wild person. He loved to party. He loved to do a bunch of things. And, uh, you know, basically, she said in the in in an interview, she says, um, quote, I do remember being in Vegas with him. It was on the party was starting right away. One thing about Dennis, he had to escape. He liked to go out. He liked to go to clubs. We'd go to his favorite restaurant. Then we'd go to a nightclub. Then we'd go to after hours. It didn't stop. It was definitely an occupational hazard to be Dennis's girlfriend. He was wild. So, you know... Um Basically, you know, when they went on that date uh, or on that, on that on that date, on that weekend trip, uh, Dennis Rodman was actually supposed to come back. He was he he was given permission to leave uh, under the under the pretense that he would come back in on time for uh, for practice. Well, that wasn't the case. And Michael Jordan actually had to physically go to Vegas to get Rodman and bring him back because he hadn't returned in on time for Uh, For for practice. And uh, Carmen Electra goes on to say that basically she she remembered him banging on the door. And she says, quote, "Uh, there's a knock on the door and it's Michael Jordan. And I hid. I didn't want him to see me like that. So I'm just like hiding behind the couch with covers on me and jordan goes come on we got to get to practice so that was that was a very interesting moment for carmen electra having to to deal with uh, rodman's craziness but at the end of it all jordan and pippen and the rest of the team did acknowledge the fact of the matter that rodman did in fact Care about the team and about winning championships because one thing about Rodman that they talked about was that yes he partied hard but he also worked really hard uh, so and that and it, and it was the proof was in the pudding because when it came time when it came for game time Rodman was there ready to play he was there um and was one of uh, one of uh, one of Chicago's best players on the team along with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. So that was a really cool thing that at the end of it all, regardless of how crazy he is, he was always there for his teammates. In other entertainment news, I had the opportunity to interview up-and-coming EDM artist Karen Lowe and she has a very interesting story about how she began and how she continues to go forward in this uh, in this new year and where she's going to be going to in the future. But first, here is Karen Lowe's song, Body, right here on the Xander Effect.
0: All the time I can spend with you and never get know if We can be more Give than just friends oh. I will please you, baby Never teach you, lady All I have to be yours You know I want it Let me come and get it, get it.
1: The Xander effect today. I have uh, an EDM artist here, Karen Lowe. Karen, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing just great, man. It's a hot day, beautiful day, but can't go anywhere. is that sucks?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunately the, the reality that we're living in right now, and we just have to keep on going forward and see what we can do, right?
2: Yeah, that's true. I just got to stay positive. We'll get through this together.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, you're on the show. I I to. I've actually played a couple of your songs on the show. And man, you you got like an incredible talent about you. Uh, but you didn't start here in the states. You were actually from uh, Hong Kong originally, and you you and your family moved here when you were just nine years old. Yep, that's
2: correct. Uh, I was born in Hong Kong, the streets of Hong Kong. And um I came here when I was about nine years old. I was in fourth grade. So I kinda still have that um Chinese, you know, cultural background where I still speak it fluently. Um I can read it, uh, I can write it, but not as good as I can speak it. Oh, and
0: okay.
1: I can sing in it too. Nice, nice. That's actually a very that's a unique talent right there. Yeah, I was, uh,
2: Looking into doing something in Chinese soon, I've been talking to my record label, so we're just seeing what's going to happen this year, hopefully, like you said, we get through this and then we can just move forward with
1: whatever we're doing, whatever huh. we have planned. I agree. I agree. And it it basically, you guys moved here when you were nine, but it wasn't until two years later that apparently your dad noticed that you had a talent. How did he notice that you had a musical talent? Were you just singing one day and he's like, he's like Oh, this girl's got a talent on her. Let's go ahead and put her in front of the camera in front of a mic. Well, I, was, I would sit next to the radio
2: and I would like start playing music and I'll start singing to whatever artist I listened to. And then, he, I guess he heard me singing along with it, and he said, well, hey, she sounds really good. And I was about, I think I was about 10 years old, 10 or 10 and a half. And then he went and got me a karaoke machine, and I started, he started buying me all these instrumental tracks. So I started singing along with it, and I started recording myself, and then I played back for him. And he's like, oh, yeah, we got we to gotta do something about this talent. And that's how I started
1: Nice, nice. And so, like, did you start off with uh, EDM style of music, like dance music? Or uh, did you start off with a different type of uh, genre?
2: Oh, no. It was, I started with pop. And then from pop, from pop to R&B, and then from R&B to smooth jazz. And then when I hooked up with uh, Q, which is from the Fifty Fifty global music uh, label.
1: Yeah, so um, the, the executive producer of The Xander Effect. Yeah, Quest.
2: Yeah, exactly, Quest. Um, he wanted to see if I can do, you know, EDM music. So I was like, he gave me two tracks and then gave it to me. And then um, I took it to the studio and I was, um, I, you know, I worked on it. And he said, bring it back to me, ASAP, back in like, in like less than a week and a half, two weeks. You know, rock alert, so there was nothing. It just gave me two tracks with no music, no melodies, no nothing. So I just put everything together, and I recorded, mixed it, sent it back to him, and then he said, hey, this is cool, so you know, he offered me a deal.
1: Nice, nice. But you were also, like, uh, you, you pretty much started, <laughs> uh, um, you know, catching people's eyes when you were, on uh, on a very famous like a uh, Chinese uh, program, um, you know, uh, uh, from like television or something like that. They they uh, from a Chinese TV station in Los Angeles. Yeah, I and actually. You had, and, and you had and you had Tian Tamara Mori uh, from yeah, the from yeah, 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 yeah. sister do uh, backup dancing for you.
2: Yes, uh, I was on this channel called. Uh, it's a channel 18. Uh, it's Chinese channel. I think they still have it um, on cable. Mm-hmm. And um, I was about fifteen years old. I think he entered rather about eleven. It was back in nineteen ninety. Oh my God! I'm telling people my age. Never mind. <laughs> 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 oh, dude. You're secret safe with I'm, us. Don't worry. About that. Okay. And we were. Um, I was. I entered a singing contest, and then mm-hmm. um, I was. I got into the final, so I needed some background dancers. And at that time, I was with. Um, it's a model. It's a talent agency called Faces International. And T and Tamara were with them. They were signed up with them. So I, I went to that talent agency with my father, and I, he signed up with them. He signed me up with them, and then I met T and Tamara. And at that time, we were just kids, and we kind of got along, and we hooked up. And then they're dancers, and they're actually they're singers too, but they're more of an act, they're more actresses and dancers. Mm-hmm. And so we hooked up. We, we just did a routine. We performed with me. We became friends but we lost in touch and that was yeah that was like that was fun and then after that I traveled to um, a couple of years later I graduated from high school traveled to Japan to do um, a show called Jesus Christ of a Star and we performed that show with other other Japanese and they did it in Japanese we did it in English and we combined them together and I did three shows there and (coughs) After that I went to Hong Kong and an interesting contest um actually sponsored by Polygram Records which is no longer around I think they they got signed up by or took taken by another company. Um and I got second second runner up. Yeah, that's a long journey. I can go Yeah, longer. no, I, I,
1: it also it also <laughs> says it also it, you know, I'm also uh, to understand that you were also on uh, the second uh, season of America's Got Talent as well. That's, yeah, that's pretty I much was. where, that's, that's pretty much where, where you really hit the, the mainstream.
2: Yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, it was different for me. Actually learned a lot from being on our show and how they, you know, how they take the show. I had no idea how they take, um, you know, talent. Reality, yeah, because you got,
1: you caught, like, like when, <laughs> when you were on the, on the show, you caught the eye of uh, producer, Ron Townsend from uh, MTV and Viacom.
2: Yeah, I did. And that's how, my first English album got started and I actually, that album is still on, um it's still on, I believe, on iTunes and CD Baby. And uh, I, I had a, I had a good time recording that album. Nice. It was nice. a long process, so
1: yeah. No, that's really cool. That's really cool. Like, you definitely have been through a journey. Have you, like, are you just a, strictly a vocalist or do you play any instruments?
2: When I was growing up as a a kid, teenager, I still play it, but I mean, I am no Mozart. (laughs) (laughs) I I can play it. I know how to, I know all the chord progressions. I know what key I'm in, you know, but like I write melodies and write, I will write my melodies and write lyrics when it comes to a song, but sometimes I use some keyboard that helps me, which I have a keyboard at home.
1: (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, that's cool. But I mean, you're also, besides a singer, you also produce a lot of your music as well.
2: Yeah, I helped co-produce, uh, I actually helped co-produce the uh, Give It To You Baby, which was my first solo single with Fifty Fifty Global. And I collaborated with uh, the team's music factory uh, with Freedom William on his track um that was you also did something with uh with uh, dj dimmix yeah that, yeah that was out first that was out in
1: 2008 i mean cause, sorry
2: 2018 and then 2019 I released
1: my solo nice and then and then pretty much you know we're we're at this whole like crisis situation which has been kind of screwing with a lot of people's uh timetables
2: pretty much i was looking forward to release two singles out like two singles this year but i'm waiting for an okay from the record label. I'm thinking about somewhere in June. Hopefully, the our situation will go back to normal. But I'm praying.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 a really like it's a harsh situation that we're all facing right now, uh, music industry and everything else. So I mean, it's it's tough. But I mean, but I mean, you still continue to do music even in quarantine because I, from what I understand, music doesn't stop.
2: <laughs> no, I music mean, doesn't stop. Uh, you know, you just gotta keep. Like, as, a, as anybody in any kind of business, you got to keep being, you know, positive and stay positive and keep moving forward, you know. Whatever situation you're in, you know, we're all going through it together. We're not alone, so you just have to be strong and support each other.
1: Yeah, it's, that's, that's the best message you could actually give to anybody right now at this point. But I'm curious, <laughs> did you, like, did you want to just be a singer or did you have aspirations of doing something else? I mean, because you started at a pretty young age.
2: Uh, yeah, I actually would like to become a a a, a film a film director, but that's later on down the road.
1: <laughs> are you doing anything? Like, are you doing anything on the side to uh you know like kind of practice? I was that craft?
2: I was going to uh, actually shoot a um I was gonna shoot one of those what do you call those trailers movie trailers with uh, a friend of mine. He he does like independent films. But right now, everything's shut down, so, you know, he's like... Oh, even his projects should put on hold. He was gonna... Uh, we, were, we were gonna collaborate on something that I wrote. I ha- I even wrote a song to it. There's a theme song to this movie that I want to do, but can't do anything because, you know, we have yeah, to... Yeah, because
1: everything's social, going on. So distance. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. no kidding. Yeah that, yeah, that really sucks. I mean, I, are you, like... Are you also planning on doing a music video for yourself? And if you do, are you, gonna, are you planning on directing your own music video?
2: Actually, I have a friend that can shoot my video. I probably would do that. If I, if I decided to do a music video, I probably would um, direct it myself because what, what's going
1: on? <laughs> I don't think At this I'm point, I would that. imagine so. <laughs> but, I mean, see, see like, you know, because this, this, this crisis isn't going to last forever. This crisis eventually has to have an end. Once this all ends, I mean, and it's back to business as usual, will you go ahead and direct uh, and, and and you know, uh, create your own music video?
2: Actually, I would. That would be a great thing for me to do. Yeah, I, because, I mean, you're going to go I ahead and could.
1: practice both your crafts.
2: Yeah, after I directed the first video um, with, you know, Give It to Me Baby, um, it's on YouTube. And I I actually had all the ideas. It's just the camera guy that was just helping me put everything, you know, all pieces together together. But I was all my ideas of how where I want to shoot it, how I want this to be shot and that. It was pretty cool. It was pretty it was pretty fun experience.
1: Nice, nice. well, hopefully we'll go ahead and get to see that very soon. are you um are you are you uh doing any like obviously, like I said, you're doing music right now. are you still putting are you gonna still put out another single coming up very soon?
2: Uh, I'm looking to putting one out in June that's like summertime like two months from now, hopefully everything like businesses is open back up, where people can go back to normal, go to the nightclub, dance club movie theater, restaurants where they have live music and all the, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm really hoping in June I'll be a good time to release uh, a single for the summertime and get people in the, you know, summer, you know, summer aspiration, summer,
1: summer mood. Yeah, of course. Of course. So are you just focusing strictly on EDM dance type of music or are you diving into a different genre or are you going to be just all over the place? (laughs)
2: I'm diving into something more R&B, urban kind of, you know, mixture of EDM and urban, both of them. Um, I think that's what I want to do. Um, I still got to get permission from
0: this. <laughs> I can't well, just release anything, I
1: won't <laughs> They're going to go ahead and hear this anyway They're going to be like, wait a minute, hold on here We, we need to go ahead and uh, put a, put the brakes on this interview right now
2: <laughs> we, we, we gotta talk to Chris, you know, not, it's not up to me
1: <laughs> Of course, no, that's perfectly understandable, obviously So, I mean, you know, once this crisis is over Obviously we're going to see uh, some more music of you Are we going to see you in concert anytime soon? I mean, well, once the crisis well, is over.
2: Well, actually, Christ was um, the record label was supposed to book a, a, a 2020 college tour for me this year, mm-hmm. and he was gonna—they were gonna do that like early February. They were gonna book it. I guess I'll have like a tour during September through like December of this year. Mm-hmm. But since all the colleges are closed, we gotta just see. But yeah, yeah I think the plan. The plan is still on, but it, it won't be 2020, it'll be 2021.
1: <laughs> yeah, at this point, yeah, a lot of things are going to be going in, on in 2021 at this point. Yeah. I mean, so so you're definitely going to be going on tour then, uh, more than likely,
2: yeah. in 2021. Yeah, like college tour locally here in, in Cali, in different states too, but um, they wanted to do more focus on, like, you know, in in California and then Eventually, go to different states, maybe like Texas or other
1: places. Yeah, because your music is is touching everybody worldwide. Because that's pretty much what what uh what 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 uh you're looking at right now is just a worldwide audience. Pretty
2: much. I, I really, I actually, would like to do a tour in Asia, but I mean, that's out of question. Like, like you said, twenty twenty-one, yeah. maybe twenty twenty-two.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right now, it's a little bit. It's a little bit out of the question right now
2: because the fact that I speak the language um I speak Cantonese Mandarin you know me going back there will
1: be me; be no problem see I only know a couple of words in in Cantonese I know like ne ho ma, ne ho ho ma, you know things like that uh, ne, <laughs> ne ma, ne <laughs> I know <laughs> types of words <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yes I do know what they mean yeah I know I don't Paulo you know stuff like that you know I mean I I know, cause the thing is, like when I was when I was a kid, my parents uh, took care of 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 a Chinese woman, and so her her son. I mean, she was kind of a little. She was a little bit senile, so her son kind of had to like uh, you know tell us to tell her a couple of words. He kind of like wrote down some basic words to tell her, so that way she could understand us a little bit. So she would try to feed us all the time. And so um, you know, my parents they would have to like go ahead and look at her be like, no, oh, mpalo, mpalo, in other words, we're full, we're full, you know, <laughs> like stop trying to feed us. You know. <laughs> oh, and so okay. we had to we had to learn that. We had to learn uh Nehoma means, you know, I'm a good person, you know. Uh no, no, no. <laughs> Nehoma Nehoma means how are you? Oh, how are you? Yeah, Neho ho yeah. is is I'm a good person. That's neho that's
2: Yan.
1: Nehoho neho yeah. Oh no, yeah. Okay. See, I dude, it's been years. Don't, don't, don't go ahead and judge me. It's been years since I freaking learned this stuff. So. I know,
2: this sounds cool. You do it. So cute. I <laughs> you will know, I teach you another one. If you want to ask somebody, have they eaten dinner yet? They ask them. They on me. How's
1: that? How's that again?
2: on me. I'll take your like, word. For, I'll, ta- I'll
1: take. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, can't say that <laughs> i'll say you know what I'll, I'll i'll go ahead i'll learn it eventually trust me i i actually the thing is i love learning different languages i really do that's one of my biggest uh my biggest passions is learning different languages um mm-hmm. you know i've learned i've learned you know my thing is i like i pick like it's almost like it's almost like a smorgasbord and I'm picking like little bits to just to taste, you know, this dish, this dish, this dish. You know, that's that's how I do with languages. Is I pick little things here and there. You know, like Russian. You know, I know I know certain words in Russian. You know, I know sto, You know, You know, stuff like that. I know like uh, Italian. You parlo poco italiano. You know, it's very similar to Spanish. You know, which I'm fluent in. So it's I learned different languages, and, and but definitely Cantonese is a very difficult language. Uh, that one, Armenian, is another very difficult language because, I mean, you have a lot of different dialects and all of that. So, But I love a challenge, especially when it comes to languages. So I, I definitely would love to learn that eventually.
2: Mandarin isn't hard to learn, to learn
1: actually. Mandarin really?
2: Is you. Yeah. Like you say, ne ho ma, in Cantonese is how are you. So in Mandarin, say, ni hao ma.
1: Nihelma. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's it's actually yeah, it's actually it's actually it's it's similar but it's not. It's not but it's written the same way but
2: it just pronounced a little
1: different. Interesting. It's almost like it's almost like French, Italian and Spanish. They're all like they're all very similar but it's pronounced differently. Like uh, como va? Como va is how are you in or how yeah, how are you in French and in Spanish is como esta? You know, What's so sta, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. you know, bien, yeah. bien, you know, bien. so it's like that's that's French for I'm fine, you know, so it's a lot of it's a lot of similarities, you know, it's a very very uh, and then in in, in Italian stai so it's like como estai, como se va sta, you know, <laughs> like you got those three, and they all sound similar to each other, so it's it's crazy how these languages are all like very similar, but yeah. That's why it's easier for me to learn all these all these are like the so French you, and the italian so you
2: speak slowly that yes I do oh cool cool je, je, senor.
1: yep yep exactly exactly we like I, I was I was that so <laughs> we we're getting off track here we're talking about languages we're getting off track here are you gonna be uh I, I'm curious well I mean speaking of languages are you going to be putting out a single in in your your uh in in a different language are you going to be putting it out in chinese or cantonese or mandarin or anything like that
2: after the the, the next thing though, i was thinking about putting um a couple of lines um chinese lyrics in my next um my next song um, i'm i'm working on that right now um I, I recorded in english already but i i wanted to you know how like um, Justin Bieber did a song with uh, Despacito with the other Latin artist. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple of lines in English. A couple of lines.
1: Despacito, that one. Yeah,
2: yeah, that one. I want to do something like that because I think that would really be cool for the Asian um, community to listen to, as you know, for other people too. I think it would be something different. I don't think that ever happened. That ever ever had taken place in the United States for uh, Asian. Chinese American artist singing something in Chinese, but still singing something in English, but just saying a couple of words in Chinese to describe the meaning of the song so that the Chinese listeners can understand it.
1: Nice. Nice. I'd really, I'd be interested in definitely (laughs) hearing something like that. It'd be very interesting to listen to. I'm curious. No, I was just, I was just going to say that I'm curious, uh, going, going back really quick to the current crisis that's going on right now. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of people that have been blaming a lot of Asian Americans for what's going on. Have you been? Have you been dealing with a lot of that stuff? I, I, I knew you were going to ask me that question. I was just curious about that because I mean, I know that a lot of people have been have been dealing like a lot of uh, Asian Americans have been dealing with a lot of uh, a lot of scrutiny, being blamed for what's going yeah. on right now. Have you been dealing and, with anything like that?
2: Yeah, man. I've been. I went to a Target a couple of times. You know, grocery shopping and. I will walk down the aisle with uh with my boyfriend and with my daughter and then I get stared at. You know, I was like, you know, hey, I mean, yeah, I mean they're mad at they're mad at the Asians, but it seems like not and not every single one of them is involved with it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's,
2: not the cause of it.
1: It's it's yeah, I'm it, not the cause of it, 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 but it's bad. It's it's so ignorant though, because everybody's like saying, you know, it's like when this virus first hit, you know, uh the United States. People didn't want to like eat any Chinese food or anything like that. I was like, dude, they, it's not like they fucking, it's not like they freaking carry the, the virus. I mean, come on, you know, like, it's the dumbest yeah. thing in the world. It's the most ignorant thing in the world. They're not carrying the virus, you know, the virus is exactly. like a different country that's being carried by people that got infected there. It's not like they were born with the virus. That's the dumbest thing in the world. So. Yeah, people just
2: be, people being ignorant. And yes, I do get people staring at me, giving me dirty looks, and I just look at
1: them like, yeah, whatever. I just stop walking. Well, definitely, <laughs> like, definitely be careful out there, man, because you got a lot of like really stupid people that do stupid things and say stupid, even stupider things. So just definitely be careful. Um, so know, other, than, other than that, uh, looking forward to you know to to your upcoming tour, which is going to be really cool. <laughs> How can people stalk you on social media?
2: Oh, actually, they could check, well, they can go check on uh, Spotify, because all my songs are on Spotify, and also, they can go on um, Instagram, the Instagram is Karen, the lady filled with love, kind of a weird name, but I just thought of it, that's easy to remember. Nice. Should I repeat, Should I repeat that again?
1: <laughs> yeah, go ahead and repeat it again, because I think you cut off a little bit, What what was it again?
2: On Instagram, you can find me. It's Karen, the lady filled with love. Filled is with Ed. So Karen, the lady filled with love.
1: Nice, nice, cool. Well, then you know you what. remember. Awesome, awesome. So they'll go ahead and find you on Spotify and on Instagram. Carolell, thank you so much for being on The Xander Effect. I appreciate your time. Make sure that you are very safe out there during this crisis. And I look forward to listening to more of your music coming up very soon.
2: Thank you very much, and You take care out there, too. I
1: know it's hot. Oh, God, yeah. I'm melting right now, but it's all good. (laughs) Hopefully hopefully I'll be able to, like, you know, breathe again very soon. Yep. And, yeah, without wearing a mask, too. Exactly, exactly. All right, Karen, we'll talk very soon. Thanks again. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Karen Lowe, for being on the Xander Effect. Looking forward to having you on the show again very soon. In sports, looks like Mark Hunt is actually still very pissed off at the UFC. He has decided to uh, file another lawsuit against him, and in this lawsuit, he's going to bring in the Ali Act. So, um basically he's he's still very upset at Dana white uh, for the way that he's treating fighters and he goes on uh, this is this is the uh, MMA junkie uh, he basically goes on and is talking about how quote he, well this is what he said he said quote I know how they do it That's why we're in a couple of these lawsuits. It's a sad thing to see these fighters coming through. Young fighters thinking they can get some money, some good money. They just fall to the side like the rest of them. When you get the champions uh, asking for more money, you know there's something wrong. When a guy like Stephen Miocic or the other champions ask for more money, he's the champion of this company. Why is he asking for more money? Something to, t- to think about. These bosses and guys that own the company, these blanks uh, like Dana will say all this. We've got to do this and that, all these things will work out. At the end of the day, he's just a grub. He's a thieving little grub, that's all he is. Very strong words from uh, Mark Hunt. And uh, who hasn't actually? Uh, he hasn't been in any uh, any uh, fights since 2018. But he is very much upset with Dana White. There was a lot of there's a lot of things that uh, Hunt's been very vocal about, uh, you know, in the past uh, regarding the UFC. And you know, one of them, like he already had a lawsuit against uh, Brock Lesnar uh, because uh, Brock Lesnar apparently, um, you know, in the lawsuit. He said, "You know, Mark Hunt was upset that he lost against uh, Brock Lesnar because, I guess, uh, for substance abuse or something like that. That was that was uh, what uh, what some of the rumors were about. Uh, but right now, he's he's very much upset with the UFC, especially because of the pay. You know, the 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 fact of the matter that these fighters they put their lives on the line, their bodies on the line, and for very little pay. Apparently, he goes on to say most of the fighters are just scared to talk about it." A lot of the fighters are scared to speak up about it. You're actual you're actually fighters not just in the octagon, octagon, but everywhere. To get guys like this to come around to kiss ass that these blank guys like Dana White, it's a joke. He's just a joke. He's an idiot. Again, very strong words. Mark Hunt is like looking—you know—he's out for blood right now. He does say, however, that he has been out of the game for uh, since 2018, but he is looking to get back into boxing. So he's going to go into boxing at when he—you know—once he comes back. Once obviously this crisis is over. Once he comes back, and then after boxing, he's considering going back to uh, to MMA. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, we'll just see what happens, especially with this whole uh, with this whole um, lawsuit that's pending against the UFC and Dana White. In other sports news, NBC Sports' Peter King went on Dale and Keith, and basically uh, he talked a little bit about what Aaron Rodgers' feelings were towards this unexpected draft uh, when they when they went ahead and they drafted the Utah quarterback Jordan Love, and basically um, you know. Uh, King went ahead and gave his opinion as to what Aaron Rodgers might be feeling. And he says, quote, I'll tell you what he thinks. He's pissed off. Wouldn't you be? You realize that when the Green Bay Packers have been sitting there for the last four drafts and Aaron Rodgers said, give me a weapon, give me a weapon, get me some receivers and... The Packers have never, unless you consider Ty Montgomery, who was switched to running back after being a college receiver at Stanford, they have not picked a wide receiver in the top 100 picks in the last four drafts, when they have had a significant need in the last two years. Now, they have picked 62 tonight, and they will pick a receiver, I would guess. This was loud on Friday, obviously. So... He's got a point because at the end of the day, and I've been saying this for the longest time when it comes to the Green Bay Packers, they need a good O-line. They need a good offense. They need to protect their quarterback. And they need receivers that will get out into the field a lot faster. You know, you have Devontae Adams out there that did an amazing job last season, but he can't be the only one that's out there. The the man, the Packers management, I, I just don't get it why they, they have an opportunity. They have – Good numbers as far as draft picks are concerned they have an opportunity to be able to get you know some good wide receivers some good offensive linemen that are going to be able to protect the quarterback why they don't go ahead and capitalize on something like this that is beyond me that makes no sense whatsoever so who knows who knows what they're thinking and who knows what the strategy is going to be coming into the 2020 well, possibly 2020 2021 season of the NFL in other sports news looks like the Patriots are going quarterback crazy after uh, the 2020 NFL draft so the Patriots right now are in need of a good quarterback. Now that they've lost Tom Brady to the Buccaneers and they might actually be looking for, for a better tight end. Now that they've lost Rob Kraski as well to the Buccaneers, which again, that's kind of a weird one myself, to be honest, I, I don't understand that one, but it would seem that the Patriots actually, they, they didn't draft any quarterbacks during the 2020 draft. And it was only until after the draft was over hours later, they started going, uh, trying to grab, uh, whatever, uh, you know undrafted quarterbacks that were that were left pretty much so they went ahead and drafted a a few of them actually um the first quarterback signing came in uh in louisiana tech's jamar smith Uh, He agreed to his deal on Saturday. Uh, Then they added another quarterback, uh, former Michigan State signal caller Brian Lewerke. So that's another one that that they grabbed as well. But the question does remain as to why they did not go ahead and pick up a quarterback during the draft. Well, according to Bill Belichick, he says, "quote If we feel like we find the right situation, we'll certainly draft them. We've drafted them in multiple years, multiple points in the draft. Didn't work out last three days. That wasn't by design. It could have, but it didn't. So basically, the way they look at it is like they they didn't they didn't feel like it was the right time to or or any of the quarterbacks." they weren't really feeling any of the quarterbacks that were on the draft. So that's the reason why they decided to uh, look for undrafted players and go from there. So we'll see. I mean, Belichick is considered uh, one of the best coaches in NFL history. So it's more probable that Belichick has that much confidence that regardless of what draft or regardless of what quarterback they decided to draft, whether it be early or late or after, they'll be able to mold this quarterback to becoming one of the greatest as well. So we'll see what happens in this uh, NFL season. Coming up next in video game news, looks like uh, WWE 2K Games has made Made an announcement of a brand new game for the wwe but it's not exactly what you think it is actually it's a little interesting game so we'll talk a little bit about that but first here are the pawn hawks fire eyes right here on the xander Fest.
0: This is Dovely, and you're listening to Xander Dames on the Xander Effect.
1: Double's prism right here on the Xander effect in video game news. As promised, uh, 2K Games has announced uh, that. Well, obviously we knew last week. The 2K announced that WWE 2K21 will not have uh, a game this year for the consoles. But they also said that they were going to have an announcement today, Monday. As to the future of WWE 2K games, and they did. As promised, they came through uh, to announce a brand new game called WWE Battlegrounds. Now, they have a trailer for the game. It's on YouTube. You can check it out. And the game pretty much for lack of a better word, it seems very cartoony. Uh, It's very, it's an an unrealistic game uh, as opposed to the WWE 2K games and everything, how they try to make it as real as possible. Like pretty much making the characters look very lifelike, uh, the moves, the drama, everything very lifelike. This game is very cartoony. That's the best way I could describe it. It's very cartoony. Uh, The, the, the the characters have superpowers apparently. In the middle of the match, it's almost like Mortal Kombat mixed in with a little bit of uh, you know NFL Blitz, and it, it's just very very cartoony. That's the that's the only way I can describe it. You guys need to check out the the trailer for the new game. It's supposed to come out this fall. Obviously, more than likely, it'll come out with brand with one of the brand new consoles that are that are also scheduled to come out. So there you have it. 2K Games does have a WWE 2K, but it's not a 2K21. It's called... WWE Battleground, so make sure you check that out. And again, it's a very interesting game, not something that you would expect. But I'm assuming that probably Cutbacks may have had something to do with it because it seems like a type of game that's very yeah kind of put together last minute. So you never know. That's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much for listening, and remember to continue to be state to stay safe out there. We're still in this crisis. We're in this together, and trust me. This too shall pass. And remember, music always, always heals all. We'll see you next time. Live
0: it up. Be Taylor. Flo rider. Live it up.
1: Hey, the Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., BMG Bertelsmann Group, and Sony Music The Orchard in association with Art19 Media Group.